0: Well, jonathan emily we're so glad that you could be with us today uh we connected with them through uh the children's camps with lifeway they lead the worship for the camps in uh one particular year um excuse me is <coughs> that season in it uh, one particular year uh, it's brought hey they're they're really close and our kids are going to have them in worship during the summer why don't we bring them here and make some kind of continuity and we did and then uh, since then on a regular basis people often ask are we ever going to have uh, jonathan and emily back again and so so we had him back on a sunday night and, and uh it's been a, i don't know two or three years since you guys have been here and so we wanted to have him back again this morning so uh, you know and they're just there's a beautiful family seeing how god has brought these two people that share the same calling and pursue it as a couple and uh, they're just they're just pretty pretty phenomenal people i looked up here at the end and jonathan had broken a string on his guitar I saw it hanging there, and, and uh, he just kept right on playing. I don't know if anybody else noticed or not, but there, there's some really talented people. I think the Lord equips you to do what he calls you to do, and so I think they're a beautiful example of what we all want to see because in, in another generation to see young people finding people that share their calling, their passion for the Lord, and just pursuing it together in whatever area of life that might be. You know, the Christian life, it, it really is a, it's pretty difficult at times it's easy to 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 start strong it's a lot more difficult to uh, to finish strong it really is and we've been going through a series through Hebrews chapter 11 today we're gonna wrap that up and the end is it uses this image of running a race and the Christian life certainly is a a lot like running a race Uh, only it's it's not a sprint it's it's a marathon it's a marathon when you think about the christian life there's times that it just feels like everything is against you you've got your own sinful nature that, that is constantly trying to, to trip you up even the apostle paul dealt with this he said he struggled to do what he wanted to do so you have this this constant tension inside of you then there's just the challenges that sometimes god calls us to difficult things sometimes god calls us to go to difficult places sometimes god calls us to live and work with difficult people sometimes god uh, brings us through situations in church that are that are not easy there's a lot of things that make the christian life difficult at times and then now that we're living in a time where the u.s is more secular than than ever before uh we we find that it's there's a whole other layer in which if you're very outspoken about your faith you're going to discover pretty quickly that there's a segment of the world today that just absolutely hates us and so the christian life is just it's just not always easy and this is a really encouraging sermon so far isn't it it is it's going to be because the rest of the sermon is to offer you some encouragement about how how to truly finish well how to finish well in spite of all the challenges in all the problems in all the difficulties because in this last passage as God has given us all these different people to show us how to live by faith inspire us how to live by faith and then toward the, this last passage here I think there's three things that we see that we really need to do in order to finish strong and I and I hope that that is your goal and your desire I remember the last time I ever heard Adrian Rogers in person he was um he was 74 years old and uh he had if you don't know adrian rogers he had about as uh, about as phenomenal of a ministry as anybody could have uh he was listened to all across the globe he had uh, he led thousands of people to the lord uh he just unbelievable influence in the sbc it's hard to have a, a bigger larger more influential ministry than Adrian rogers had but the last time i heard him in person i mean this is what he said He said that he had prayed and prayed and prayed that he would finish well. And he got cancer. He knew he was toward the end of his life. And even with just with just months to live, he was praying and he said, he said, I I don't want to I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything that would dishonor the Lord. It amazed me to think about somebody who had ran so well for so long even the last few months, was still focused on trying to finish well. And I hope that's your desire if you're a believer here today. Not that there was just a time in your life that you were excited about following Christ. Not that there was just some time in your life that you really did some great things through the Lord. But even to the end, that you want to finish well. If that's your desire, I think there's three things here that we see in the last part of this chapter of hebrews that can help us so hebrews chapter 11 verse 32 is where we're going to begin reading would you join me in standing out of honor and reverence for the lord and his word as we read this together hebrews chapter 11 beginning in verse 32 and what more shall i say for time would fail me to tell of gideon Barak, samson Jephthah, of david and samuel and the prophets Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth, and all these though committed through their faith did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, Who, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of god let's pray together father i pray today that people would step up and take their place in this succession of heroes of the faith may we be the faithful ones in this generation That we might pass the faith on to another generation speak to us today through your word may we be motivated and compelled convicted and equipped for it's in christ's name that we ask this amen you may be seated well if we're going to finish strong we need to learn from the past heroes ran before us that's the whole reason that in this hebrews chapter 11 the bible tells us about person after person after person so that we might learn from them all throughout the bible it tells us stories of people's lives about their successes and about their failures and the whole reason that it tells us about these people is so that we can learn what not to do at times and we can learn what to do at other times they are lifted up for our example And the bible tells us that the people in the old testament they they suffered beyond our imagination and accomplished things beyond our dreams because they believed and trusted in god the bible says there in verse 32 that, that there's just not enough time to tell about everybody that's gone before us and what they've done The writer of Hebrews says, what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell. And then he names some and he refers to others. And so there are all these people who've gone before us, who lived by faith. They believed and they trusted God. And because they believed in God and they trusted him, some of them saw God move. To make things happen that no person could accomplish do you know that god is able to close doors that nobody can open and he's able to open doors that nobody's able to shut he has the ability to do what you and i cannot do he has the ability to convict cold-hearted, cruel people about their sin and draw them into repentance and change their life. God has the ability to do that. God has the ability to take somebody's life that has committed so much sin against God, against others, against themselves, that they created an absolute mess of everything in their life. And God is able to take that and he is able to redeem their life the bible says that god is able to make all things work together for good that's his promise for those who love him and are called according to his purpose and only god can do that and because these people in the old testament believed and trusted god they they saw him do all kinds of things like stopping the mouths of lions remember when daniel was thrown in the lion's den daniel spent all night he was unharmed and yet the next morning when he was brought out and others were thrown in they didn't even reach the bottom of the the den before the lions pounced on them That's because daniel believed and he trusted in god and all throughout the old testament we see these examples of people who saw god move to make things happen that no person could ever accomplish on their own through faith the heroes of the Old Testament they made sacrifices they made great sacrifices it says in verse 35 some were tortured refusing to accept release others verse 36 suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment verse 37 they were stoned they were sawn in two they were killed with a sword hard to even imagine some of these people suffered and yet they suffered it because they believed and they trusted in God verse 35 it says some were tortured refusing to accept release why would they not accept release so that they might rise again to a better life think about the, the second century there was a man a very famous martyr the Romans believed in many different gods Christians of course we believe there is one God and so the Romans in the first and second centuries referred to Christians as atheists because we didn't believe in all their different gods so this one particular pastor church leader they brought him in the stadium and they tied him to a stake and they were gonna burn him alive and they said They said, all you have to do is say away with the atheists, referring to Christians. And instead, this man, he looked at the crowd of Roman leaders there in the stand. He pointed to them and he said, away with the atheists. And they lit the fire and they burned him alive there in the stadium. Why did he do that? i had to do was make a simple statement to appease those people in the moment he could have said away with the atheists and they would have let him go but like those great heroes of the faith some were tortured refusing to accept release and here's why so that they might rise again to a better life they believed god they believed that god had something in store for them and because they believed they suffered and follow the lord living by faith and not by sight it requires believing in promises yet to be fulfilled and receiving gifts not yet given in verse 39 it says that all these though commended by through their faith did not receive what was promised you see jesus had not come yet not in their day Abraham took his son up on the mountain, and his son said, Well, father, here's here's the wood and here's the fire, but where is the lamb? And Abraham said, My son, God Himself will provide a lamb. But Abraham never saw the lamb. He died living in faith, believing that God was going to do what God said He was going to do. So they lived their entire life believing in promises that they had not yet received. And you and I will not receive the promise of heaven in this life. We live our entire life waiting to receive it. It's what faith looks like when you believe that there's something ahead, when you believe that God has something in store. So these people, they, they believe, and so they live by faith, not by sight. And I think we know that there was times in, in, in Old Testament Israel, during the days of David and Solomon, there there were some times when Israel had some real glory days. But as glorious as Israel was at times, they would not receive the Messiah until the first century. As verse 40 says, And since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Perfect in the Bible means complete it's it's finished so God had promised that he would send his son and all throughout the Old Testament the people just lived in faith anticipating that God would fulfill his promise and so we look at what all those people have done and it should instruct us and it should inspire us and so when we find the Christian life is, is is hard it's difficult it's discouraging Or sometimes we're not really sure how to measure our progress. Or maybe we're not really sure what God might be doing in a moment. Or maybe we're not sure if God is even doing anything in a a moment. We look at these people who have gone before us. And we find strength by seeing how they endured. How they persisted. How they sometimes suffered. All because they believed in God. They believed in God there's a second second way that i i think that we uh, need to finish strong if we're going to finish strong we need to lay aside anything that is holding us back in verse one it says therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set Before us so here's this image that the Bible uses of the Christian life being like a race and I said it earlier but I want to emphasize it's not a sprint it's a marathon it's it's a long long race and it's easy for a season to run really hard it's easy to get really excited about something it's easy to uh, get some little recognition or something that'll encourage you along the way. And maybe things are going really smooth at the moment or maybe you're feeling like you're being really productive. And for that season, it's really easy just just to run and to run hard, but it's not easy to keep running when it's uphill, when it's raining. It's not easy to keep running when there are things outside of your life that are coming at you it's not easy to keep running when there are things that are within inside of you that you've not yet figured out how to put to death that are drawing you down. There are many things that can weight us down in life. And so the Bible says, let us lay aside every weight. So what is it that can weigh us down? In 2 Timothy, Paul, was writing to this uh, young pastor, Timothy, and he describes someone here named Demas. And this is what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. He says, do your best to come to me soon. So, so Paul had been a mentor to Timothy. Paul's on missionary journey. He needs Timothy's help. And then he asked Timothy to come and, and to see him soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me. And gone to Thessalonica. The only thing that the Bible says about Demas is that he was in love with the present world, and so therefore he deserted Paul and went somewhere else. Uh, so I think it's pretty obvious from what we read here that there was a time when when Demas was serving alongside of Paul. But the problem was, he was in love with the world and so when there became a conflict between serving with paul and pursuing the interests of the world he abandoned paul and he he left him now love of the world may not be the thing that's weighing you down we're all different we all have different personalities we have different desires God has created us differently. But anything that stands between us serving the Lord is a weight that we need to figure out how to throw off and get rid of. And it's going to be different for every person. For one man, wealth is a great tool for kingdom building. That God has entrusted him with. But for another man, it's a great snare. As through greed, he just wants to acquire more. Every person is is different. But there's all kinds of things that can weigh us down. Here's the problem in life: it's it's finite, it's limited. We only have so much energy. We only have so much time. We only have so much money. And so we find ourselves in constant conflicts where we have to say no to something else in order to say yes to what God is calling us to. And so when you find yourself in a place in life where you're tempted to say no to God so that you can say yes to whatever it is that you want to do, that's a weight that you need to throw off if you're going to finish this race well i just i had to learn early on if i was going to be a pastor and i believe with all my heart god called me to this task if i was going to be a pastor, there's just things in life that i can't do not necessarily because they're morally wrong or anything like that they're just they're just in the way they're just in the way of what god has called me to do and you and i we we can't do everything and so we have to decide and when there becomes a conflict That's when our priorities are are revealed. So whatever it is in your life that would tempt you to pursue something other than the Lord, it could be a hobby, it could be a passion, it can be a possession, whatever it is. If we're going to finish well, we got to throw off the things that that can weigh us down and keep us from actually pursuing God's call on our life. Uh, many, many times, younger people will come to me and say they feel called to ministry, and they think they want to pastor, or they think they want to do this, and and I ask them about like, what, what, what's the process look like? And and I said, I always tell them, I said, you know, you, I said, first of all, uh, if you can do anything else, you should, and and I mean that with all my heart. If you should, if you can do anything else, you you, you should if god has called you to ministry you won't be able to do anything else you just have this this burning desire that you that you're being disobedient doing anything else and so when you get to the point that you can't sleep you can't eat because you feel like you're just in rebellion against god because you're not pursuing ministry that's when you'll know for sure that god has called you and i said when you get that certainty about your call then you make everything else secondary and you pursue it with all your heart and i said it's really great if you can pursue education, it will help you tremendously. And I say, oh yeah, that's great. So I'm thinking about going to seminary. I said, super. Like, where did you go to college at? Well, I didn't go to college. Okay, so seminary is graduate school. So so we go to four years of college. Then if you do your MDiv, which is your basic degree to prepare for ministry, that's that's three years. And so usually what happens is they take like one class. And then the next thing I know they're saying oh this is just so hard there's so much reading and writing and the classes are so expensive and I started figuring it up it's gonna if I go full-time it's gonna take me seven years and, and at that point I say I, I thought God God called you to this because you see when you when you really believe that God has called you to something time doesn't matter money doesn't matter all that else is secondary we lay aside every weight, and we pursue with all of our heart what we believe God has called us to do. There's a second thing in, in this verse. It says, lay aside every weight. But then it says, and sin, which clings so closely. We can't live in sin and run the Christian race at the same time. So what, what holds us back? Things, that, things weigh us down hold us back. Sin holds us back. You're you're not going to have any credibility as a witness for the Lord if you're living in a lifestyle of sin. And and I I truly hope with all my heart that that you have determined you're going to try to bring somebody to hear the gospel to the crusade. But I'm going to be real honest with you their willingness to receive your invite is going to have a lot to do with what they think about you as a person and if you're living in sin and and everybody knows what you're really like but then all of a sudden you want to be at church on sunday and you're singing the songs and you're reading your bible and you're going to Sunday school class and you're telling everybody else how they want to do you'll have no credibility with anybody that's just one of, there's many reasons why we can't live in sin and serve the Lord, but that's just one of the reasons. So the Bible says here to lay aside every weight and sin which cling so closely. And listen to the last part of this verse and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That is set before us. You see, the race is not our choosing, it has been set before us. God has determined what it means to follow him and god has determined different gifts and callings in your own life so god sets the race before us it's not our our choosing and so if we're going to finish well we got to lay aside anything, anything that's that's holding us back so how do we how do we finish strong we learn from past heroes we let them inspire us and instruct us and then we lay aside anything that's gonna hold us back and then there's a third thing and I think this is this is incredibly important and I think this is why a lot of people don't finish well if we're gonna finish strong we need a reason to run and that reason is Jesus and if your reason is anything less than Jesus it won't be sufficient to sustain you to the end there's a lot of people that are in love with the idea of being a christian maybe it's it's not the same in our culture today but there was a time years ago when being a christian was really respected if you're going to be a prominent leader in the community you're going to need to be a prominent person in the church that won't sustain you to the end if that's your motivation Because the moment there's no longer a benefit in the world for serving Christ you'll no longer be motivated to run this race whatever your reason is if it's less than Jesus himself it won't be sufficient to motivate you to be willing to serve to be willing to suffer to be willing to endure so if we're going to finish strong, we need a reason to run. And the Bible tells us here that Jesus started our faith and he will complete it. In verse 2, it says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Perfecter means everything's there. It's, it's finished. And so we, so we looked at Jesus and we realized that, that we didn't start the church. It was not our idea. We didn't write the Bible. We didn't come up with any of this it's all him and it's his race that he has set before us and he is the reason that we run it and when we fall in love with him then we become motivated we become inspired we become fueled and able to finish jesus himself showed us how to endure in obedience in verse 2 it says looking to jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising shame in the first part of this chapter uh, uh, the, or the last part of uh, chapter 11 we read about these people who suffered so greatly and yet jesus himself suffered he's not called us to do anything that he didn't already do for us and show us how to do and Jesus revealed there's there's a reward for faithfulness verse 2 says looking at Jesus the founder and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and now listen to this and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God so when you find yourself a little discouraged a little frustrated maybe a little distracted maybe a little tempted look at those people who've gone before us who are so faithful who served so well to the end learn from them be inspired by them long to emulate the good things that they've shown us and then be honest with yourself is there something in my life that's really waiting me down and holding me back? Am I in love with the world? Am I in love with this? Am I in love with that? Instead of being in love with Jesus. Is there some sin that I've tried to excuse and explain and bring into the Christian life? If we're going to finish well, I've got to lay all that aside. And at the end of the day, I just ask a question, why am I doing this? why am I doing this? And if I say, oh, I, you know, I'm doing it because I want so many years of perfect attendance, that just, that won't sustain you to the end. Now, I'm doing it because I want people to, to think well of me. That, that won't do it to the end. There comes a stage in life you don't care what people think about you. and That won't, that won't do it. You ask yourself, why am I doing this? And, and when you begin to re- remember or maybe realize for the first time, I'm doing this for Jesus. And has shown me what it means to serve in obedience and to suffer to the end. And let me be encouraged to know that although I'm not going to be seated at the right hand of the throne of God like Jesus is, there's a reward for faithful obedience. And when I do that, it gives me strength to keep going. It gives me motivation to keep going. It shows me how to keep going and I can run the race in the life that I started the Christian life that I started in faith I can finish in faith let's pray together father we thank you that you have called us to this life of service and obedience and Lord I pray that you'd help us to be faithful I pray for every person here that's discouraged Maybe they're discouraged because of a disease or disaster in their life. Maybe they're overwhelmed with their own bad choices and mistakes. I pray today they'd lay aside everything that keeps them from following faithfully. For in Christ in Christ, we pray. Amen. We're, we're running a race. That, that's what the Bible tells us here. The Christian life is a race. He said, well, I don't even know why I'd even want to get in that or why I'd want to start. He talked about how discouraged it is, how hard it is. Why would anybody want to be a part of that? And here's the reason. You see, Jesus is not only the focus of our faith, but he's the reason for it. Jesus can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. When Jesus Christ came, he lived an absolutely perfect life. And when he died on the cross, he offered himself to pay a debt he didn't know. Jesus didn't have any sin to pay for, but yet he offered himself in your place so that even though the Bible says that every single one of us has sinned against God, that sin can be forgiven, it can be wiped away. and God wants to do that because He loves you. And even though life may be hard at times and it may be difficult, God has prepared something greater than you can imagine for you. if you'll believe put your trust in him so as we sing i want to invite you today to make a decision about jesus maybe before today you didn't you never really understood maybe you didn't believe but today through one prayer offered in sincerity if you were to simply tell god that you believe that you want to be forgiven and you want to live for him that decision could change your life for all eternity we when we sing you can pray right there where you are in your pew if you need help praying you can walk forward I'll pray with you here at the front you can come see me after the service and I'll pray with you but that one decision can change your life for all eternity most of us here today have already made that decision And so we need strength we need strength to finish well and so i ask you today is there any weight anything that's holding you back some sin you just won't repent of some pursuit you just can't let go that's in conflict with god's call on your life would you just examine your heart today if you say, Pastor, I just, I just don't know of a thing in the world I need to change. I don't know of anything I need to do different. I don't know anything I need to confess. Then why don't you just pray and ask God. Say, God, would you show me if there's something I need to change, something I need to confess, something I need to do? If you pray that prayer in sincerity, he'll answer it. So whatever decision that you need to make to be at peace with God, to be ready to run and finish strong, I invite you to make it right now as we sing. Let's stand together.
1: Take Feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my king. Take me, Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as you choose. Let's pray these words. Sing, here am I. Here. It is thine own It shall be thy royal throne Take my love, my Lord, I pour At your feet its treasure store Take myself and take myself every-